Can you celebrate the faithfulness of God that he sent his son Jesus just for you? Understand that God sending Jesus to die for my sin and for your sin had always been the plan from the beginning. So he had gone ahead to think of what I will need. He had gone ahead to think of what you will need. And he said the solution is my best. And he didn't just say it. He didn't just send the words through the prophets. He delivered on his promises. He delivered on that promise and sent Jesus for you. So indeed, great is his faithfulness. Because they, they could have gotten to some points that he would say, ah, but it's my, it's my beloved. Ah, let's look for one angel to do send instead. They could have gotten to a point when Jesus was saying, when his own only begotten son was saying, Father, if, um, let this cup pass me by, but if it be your will, he could have said, ah, this thing has touched my heart. Let me change the plan. But he stayed faithful to his promise. And he stayed faithful to his promise, not to the world, not to the universe, but to you. So he stayed faithful to his promise to me. So celebrate the faithfulness of God this morning. Of the faithfulness of God to you. For sticking to that plan that will save you, that will rescue you, that will redeem you. That will make you whole. That will reconcile you to him. That is what he did for you. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Celebrate someone beside you this morning. Say Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of us are like me that Christmas is your favorite time of the year? Not everybody, Sha, but those of us. Christmas is... Everything about Christmas is so special. And it's, you know, it's amazing that we sing the same hymns, the same Christmas songs, year in... And it doesn't sound old. It doesn't... You see the same, the same silent night. It's still... It still has this special... It's still very special, Right? Praise God. All right. Praise God. Um, so today the title is Day Before Christmas. And um, next few minutes we'll just run through a couple of things, you know. So, I, I, I mean, before we get to the day before Christmas, I want to start from the beginning. When God had created heaven, God had created the earth, created everything, everything was good, everything was good, everything was good. And then he created man. And he said, let us create man in our own image. So before then, everything he had created wasn't in the image of God. Are you with me? Do you agree? We all read the Bible now. So when he created dog, dog was not in the image of God. When he created fish, it wasn't in the image of God. When he created monkey, he didn't create monkey. That monkey will evolve to the image of God. Monkeys were not in the image of God. Apes were not in the image of God. But when he came to man, even plants, trees, even the angels were not in the image of God. The angels were not in the image of God. But when he came to man, he said, let us create man in our own image and our 
our likeness. In our own image and our likeness. It means let, me, let us replicate ourselves and create a flesh around that duplicate and call it man. So right from time, you have always been special. You have always been special. There has always been something special about man. That when King David got to a realm of revelation, he said, who is man that you are so mindful of him? There's always, there's, there's, you, know, the, you know when you have a f- favorite child or a favorite person, somebody, you can't really hide it. Even though you might want to quote well, you can't, you can't really hide it. But in this case, God did not even try to hide it that man was his favorite creation. Man was his masterpiece. Someone say, I'm God's masterpiece. Say like you believe it. I'm God's masterpiece. So God had created man. And it was good. Morning came, evening came. Man was doing what he wanted. Eve came along. And then, what happened next? Say the serpent was more <laughs> subtle than all the animals. So, you know, if, if you look at the, how God caused the serpent later on, maybe the serpent had legs, I guess. Because when he said, yeah, you now eat the dust, you crawl on your stomach. So it means we were not crawling before. Let me, let, me, let me not jump ahead of myself. So, God then, um, the serpent then came. We know the story now. That's why we're all wearing clothes and going about our nine to five today. If we answer questions, ever. Have you? Adam, all of them. If Adam, the snake, if the snake mistakenly at heaven, we'll ask all of them, like, line them up and be asking them questions. So, now the serpent, the devil through the serpent caused Eve to fall, caused Eve, Adam and Eve to sin. And in essence, you see that masterpiece that God had created? God had created a masterpiece. God had created the best. So, just imagine, uh, how many of us have dogs or have had dogs before in, in your house? So, have you, have you experienced when a dog comes and maybe just eats your furniture or something? Or something that's very, or you just bought one nice shirt. That you say, ah, this, ah, this is my shirt. You just washed it. Say, okay, oh, I'll wash your hair. See, it's not paying this guy very well. <laughs> then you don't wake up in the morning, you will just come out, you know, you're ready, you're, you know, and you just, where's my shoe, where's my shoe? I don't know what the thing is with dogs and shoes. It's like, uh, you see one leg, I said, but the leg I saw wasn't where I put it to, but at least it's intact. So it's like, I'm walking around, walking around. You, I notice that your dog is just unusually quiet. Like, Where did bingo? Bingo. 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 Now I saw you. Then as you're now going outside, you're now be seeing evidence. <laughs> Bits and pieces of your shoe. Your favorite shoe. Your one and only begotten shoe. You'll be seeing the strap here, this thing, this thing. Then you not see the main, the main, you not see the dog. You see that feeling? That's annoyance. I can imagine how God felt. When the devil had ruined his masterpiece, ah! 
reading the Bible, I'm like, God, why is it just at this point, just say, ah, you don't be. Go to a lake of, lake of fire, open, yeah, serpent, go. Snake, go. Uh, devil, go. Why would I follow the devil to join this thing? No, that righteous judgment, immediate. Ah. But God said, vengeance is mine. You see that verse where God said, Israelites, vengeance is mine. He got a new meaning. God said, ah, this thing you have done. I'll show you. And why was additional punishment? Punish the snake. Something he said. Genesis 3.15. Can we have it on screen? He said, I will put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed, offspring, and her seed. He shall fatally bruise your head and you shall only bruise his knee. Fatally means the end. When the emphasis on only bruises, you just enjoy him. If you enjoy him, well, he will kill you. And because the devil knows God, I mean, the devil lead with God, so you know, ah, this thing God has said will come to pass. So the devil had been on the watch out. So who is this, who is this person that we fatally bruise my head? And through the generations, they will always go, go and attack people who seem to have the strongest standing with God. But God, you no. Know, and the amazing thing about the prophecy of Jesus, the prophecies of Jesus, is that God said, you no, know, God has said, okay, oh, um, the offspring, um, the seed of Adam and Eve would, would, would fatally bruise your head. That is what will bring, up your, bring about your end. I would have thought that God being, you know, the strategic God he is, you just code it. You know, because it's, a, it's like, you know, it's like your cheat mode. So you know when you're going to war, you wouldn't just bring out all, your, all the evidence or all the proof of everything you have. So yeah, Isaiah, I'm going to tell them, prophesy about this, uh, my, this, this my son that is coming. Jeremiah, come and prophesy. Mika, see, he was giving clues. See, you understand that this God that you are serving I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but you know he's a bad guy. But this guy is serving. If no, I fear who no fear God. And there were, I mean, the Bible is, I mean, there are records that about over, over 300 prophecies about Jesus. So he's like, he's just sending clues. He's coming, no, he's coming. He's coming. Up to where he will be born. <laughs> Praise God. Um... Let's read Genesis 22, verse 18, and then we'll go to Isaiah 7, verse 14. Genesis 22, verse 18 was when God was promising Abraham, and he said, Through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have heard and obeyed my voice. Through his seed, he had already identified Abraham. So, you see, he was only shortlisting, so after the finishing, I said, oh, it's Abraham. So, through his seed, the nations of the earth will be blessed. So, he had a portion that Jesus would come from Abraham's lineage. And he had also, um, okay, let's read Isaiah 7, verse 14. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Listen carefully. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call his name God with us. Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 2. He then, went, then became, got more specific. He said, 
Then he shoots the Messiah will spring from the stock of Jesse, David's father, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. He said, let me streamline it for you. It's David's descendant. Let's read the last one, um, Jeremiah 23, 5 to 6. Okay, no, no. Um, sorry. Micah 5, verse 2. Micah 5, verse 2. And he said, let's read this together. 3, 2, 1, go. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one shall come for me. Who is to be ruler in Israel? His going forth appearances are from long ago, from ancient days. So he won't specify where. And you see, no matter how much information God gave about his plan. Nothing could spoil that plan. On a side note, that tells me that every word God has spoken about you and about me, because the word, I mean, what God has said about me is clear for everybody to see. As a born-again Christian, everything God has said about me is clear. I just need to open the Bible and pick out, oh, God has said this. I'm the head and not the tail. God has said, God has given me. It's clear. So that makes me understand that, see, the forces of hell, the forces of the forces of all the stars are universe. It cannot, it, it, it cannot disrupt God's plan for you. Except you. Mercy for another day. And so, all these prophecies had gone forth, and then um, it was time. So the angel, Gabriel, appeared to Mary. You will bear a son. You will be the king of kings. You bear the son of God. How can these things be? You will be with child. Your, your cousin is with um, Elizabeth. That's the testimony. She's a child in her old age, etc., etc. And I can imagine in heaven, God was like, it's time. Just like, okay, now game on. And, you know, if for example, you, you see, this, this Sunday, today, if maybe at the end of today, maybe when you go to bed today, by 10, 11, whenever you go to bed, when you wake up, it's Sunday morning again. It's today. You wake up like when you woke up today. But you have all the knowledge of today. You're, 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 are you following? You went back in time. So you, you've lived out this entire day today. You've lived out the entire day. Then you go to bed. And when you watch all those movies now, and you go to bed and you wake up. And when you wake up, it's Sunday morning again. But you wake up with all the knowledge of the day. You know, your day will be different. You would run since. And let's imagine you then go through the day again and you sleep. And you then wake up, and, ah, your day will be, you, unless you are cursed, though, your day will keep getting better. Because you start making decisions that would favor the, out, the end of that outcome. The end of that day. 
Now, we understand that Jesus, um, God is the Alpha and Omega. So God knew, the, he, he, he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. In fact, with God, there's no end and beginning. We're the ones who are in this end and beginning thing. So, it means that God knew that I will need to send my best for the people I love the best. First Peter 1, verse 19 to 20. First Peter 1, verse 19 to 20. Can we read this together? 3, 2, 1, go. But you were actually purchased with the precious blood, like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. For he was foreordained, foreknown, before the foundation of the world, but he has appeared publicly in these last times for your sake. It was preordained. So it, it was fact. It was knowledge. It was established fact that Jesus will come for you. And I ask myself sometimes when, you know, sometimes things just are not going the way they should go. And I'm like, ah, this, this whole, you know, you know, okay, I don't know about, I mean, as a born again Christian, something that I think about sometimes is um, the issue of hellfire. And the fact that people who don't know Jesus would go to hell. And it's the end. Once you live here, what to Rebecca? It's over. And I ask myself, okay, go, but could you know, could there have not been, I mean, could there have been any other plan or like some, a way that we would have done some, in such a way that we won't have had this outcome that they won't, everybody would just, all the, all the men, women, everybody would just be able to follow the way he wants us to follow. But because I know that God is the end and is the beginning. So God must have gone to the end. Walk back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't say God will not go to the end. The end will go in God. The beginning will come because God is God. It's the end and beginning that moving around him. So the beginning will pass. Mm, the end will pass. Mm, beginning will pass. End will pass. Beginning will pass. End will pass. Over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. And God said the best solution is to send my son Jesus. There was no fluke. There was no mistake in God sending Jesus for you. Because in the example we just gave, if you knew the end of today from the beginning of today, you will make better decisions. There are some things that you would do separately, differently. There are some accidents you will avoid. There are some conversations you will avoid because you know, ah, this conversation will not end well. There's some stock you will buy this morning. There's some crypto coins you will buy this morning. You know at the end, ah, that today it rose by 20%. I will buy it. If I could go back in time, five, ten years ago. <laughs> ah. Ah. Sometimes imagination is sweet, sure. Because imagine, ah, if I, ah, God, ah, if I could, if I could, because some of the things I will do and undo and not do and redo. Ah. So, when you know the end of the story from the beginning, you make the best decision. You make the best decisions. So, God's decision to send Jesus to you 
was the best decision because he knew he knows the end from the beginning. So all the prophecies had come forth. The angel had told Mary. Mary had gotten pregnant. He had spoken to Joseph. Joseph had agreed. And um, the king, Herod, they started looking for this baby. So um, I'm sure that even... Even like as Mary being a human being that she was, first of all, you know, there's nothing like, I mean, before then, there was nothing like virgin birth. After then, there's nothing like virgin birth. So there was no reference points. There was no, somebody has done it before. Ah, sorry, when did, when you did a virgin point, but how did you, there was no reference. No, if you're experiencing something, you can always go walk somebody. Ah, sorry, this thing that you did, I'm going through the same thing. So there was nobody to actually even get exposed from. Even Joseph. Because your person about to marry, I tell you that it's a virgin bed. After the bragada, bragada, bragado, bragado, angel now, angel now came and said, see, I confirmed the virgin bed. Even with that confirmation, it's not a, it's not the new, entirely so, okay, so, you're, you're seeing her, like, hey, this thing, it's virgin bed, true, true. I said, like, virgin bed, there's no, there's no prior experience. So imagine the kind of emotions they must have been going through all the days leading to the day before Jesus was born. And all the uh, trying to escape, living um, for the, when they went for the census, trying to get a place, the struggles, everything. And it was the day before Jesus was born. So on earth, while Mary and Joseph were like, ah, thank God, at least hopefully by tomorrow, this baby, you know, um, women that put to bed, you know, somehow, day for, day for some people anyway, a day before you put to bed, you kind of have an idea because baby is already doing you anyhow. You're like, you know, everything the baby had done for the first eight, nine months, that last day, baby just like, get us go out of this. And the baby just all over the place. So you say, ah, this baby, ah, ah, baggy baggo, this baby, baby is doing. So while Mary and Joseph were getting ready, okay, oh, baby's coming, I can imagine what's going on in heaven. God and the angels are like, God, it's happening tomorrow. Hmm. It's happening tomorrow. And meanwhile, I want to believe that in, the, in I don't I want to believe that in this nine months that Jesus was in um, Mary's stomach. I don't think I, I mean because Jesus came as a man. So I, I I may be wrong, I'll find out in heaven. But I don't think God and Jesus were communicating for those nine months. As a baby, were you communicating with anybody's spirits when you were in mother's womb? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But So for the first time in history also, God didn't have his one and begotten son to communicate with. So while Mary and Joseph were dealing with their own emotions, God was, I, I mean, God must have been dealing with his, some form of emotion. I'm like, ah, finally. The wait is over. At least I would, even if when I'm communicating, we're doing gaga go but I'll go, I'll go see they follow my picking talk. And it was the day before, and all the angels, everyone, angels on assignment, everybody was ready. The, you know, um, said when Jesus was born, a host of angels appeared to the shepherds. This one, they were still doing that final rehearsal. Oh, yeah, T.O.P., start from the beginning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No, that's not the key. Everybody, not that whole final touch-up. Because they were preparing for the grandest event 
the world had ever witnessed. Imagine you have all the angels of the world kind of running around trying to say, where are you going? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just for me busy. Because you can't look idle. You know how when something major, like, okay, getting momentum is coming next, 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 next month. You know getting momentum, when you come in the month, before the service, there's always activity happening. People are just trying to, you can't be standing now. You'll be walking. So I said, okay, okay. What's walking left and right? So what's good? I don't know. I just prepare for getting over. You're not doing anything. You're not doing my car from activity. And you just vroom, 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 all over the place. And God will just be on his throne, tapping his hand. And if, if we imagine like an earthly God, so I say, ah, um, God, King, do you want water? No. King, do you want uh, fruits? No. King, do you want apple? No, no, no. I'm okay. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Tense. Tension both in heaven and on earth. And I'm sure the devil felt that tension too. But he just didn't know what to do about it. Because he was running up and down, looking for a baby up and down. The day before Christmas, it wasn't just the last day of Mary's pregnancy. It wasn't just the last day of, in my opinion, or my own thoughts, God's nine-month separation from his only one and begotten son for the first time. It was the last day of man's hopelessness. So while all these emotions were going on and are going on, God is like, finally, what I had said in Genesis 3.15, we are doing it. You know that thing that you have been planning very carefully, planning, setting your resources to do? You know the eve of that thing? Okay, I mean, so we had the Christmas a certain time some weeks back. I'm sure the organizers, you've been planning for months because they've been announcing it. So you know that day before, you've already, they're trying to, you know, that's that anticipation. That's, I don't know, see, right, you guys feel it when you, before, like before Carol, that feeling, or before you, climb up, before you climb up on stage, that feeling that you can't really explain. You're just there. You're not afraid, you're not tense, but there's just that. <gasps> Dancers, you know it now. <gasps> There's no way to describe it. It's just, oh, you're about to go for an interview that you really want, the job that you really want to get. There's just that <gasps> feeling. It was the day before the end of man's hopelessness. It was the day that would usher, before the day that would usher in man's final redemption. It was the day before the day that will usher in God's original plan for man. Because when God made man, it was said that he would come down in the cool of the evening to fellowship. To hang out with man, to talk to man. How are you? How are the lions today? What do you think about astrophysics? Just, just rub minds, just gist, you know, because man was made in his image. Because if you're talking to angel, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. But with man, it's, 
iron and sharpening iron. So beyond all the tension, beyond all the anxiety in heaven and earth, all the activities, God must have been finally, we're about to start this. Or well, we're getting to the end of this, rather, to get my people, to get Mark, to get Pastor Jethro, to get you, call your name, to me, so that we can be G's again. Jesus' birth was man's final hope, was man's only redemption. Jesus' birth represents man's final saving. Because before then, the blood of animal will cover. Mr. Jethro preached, uh, Mr. Um, Johnson preached about this on Wednesday. The blood of the animal will cover you for one year. I'm like, I'm tired of this. You don't need to be, let's get a permanent cover so that you would always be by my side. Day to day, night to night, week to week in, week out. No matter how, how much shame you have, no matter what you have done, no matter what you, what, how unworthy you think you are, you are wearing a cover that makes you righteous before me. You are wearing a cover that makes you holy before me. You are wearing a cover that makes, me, makes you okay to stay beside me and not be, and not be consumed. The day before Christmas was a pregnant day. Christmas, um, the birth of Jesus represented God's man's, uh, man's final reconciliation with God. It represented man's glorification. It represented a full 360 degrees back to God's original plan for man. So, you see, when we celebrate Christmas, when we talk about December 25th, it's not just a day in the year. It's not just a day where we kill ram meat, go to meat chicken, and just eat and be merry. It's not just a day where we celebrate because everybody's celebrating. We don't know quite know why everybody's celebrating, but like, well, we have to celebrate. It's not just a day that we feel pressure that, oh, let me just wear matching pajamas to take pictures by the Christmas tree. For some people, Christmas is work. Because I recall as a child growing up, Christmas Day was when all relatives, so we used to work, that's if Christmas Day is like houseboy, because we go work, you'll be cleaning, you'll be cooking. This Christmas, are we, so, are we celebrating it, or are we, what, Daddy, what's the plan exactly? What exactly are we doing? Because every Christmas, people just come, ah, chief, where are you? And you say, ah, well, go and bring coke, go and bring food. See us run up and down, we, sir, we want to celebrate Christmas, so. For some of us, Christmas, we go out, have fun. But the real reason why we celebrate Christmas, why Christmas is so important to us, is that, you see, all the while before that Christmas day, before the day Jesus was born, all that had been happening between God and God's people were feeble attempts to keep the relationship in a... I won't say 
you know when um, when something breaks and it's, maybe you can't get a carpenter immediately, so you just look for something like a rope to hold it. But you know that rope never really holds it for long. After a while, because that will happen. The children will come back. God, then they'll be okay. After a while, they'll sin again. They'll go back. Then God, God Himself will deal with them, and they will come back. God will repent, and they will go back and come back. Just yo 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 in their way through generations. But Jesus' birth re- represented the final glow. That finality. Say, see, we're done. This going back and forth. I, I'm not gonna like. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. It's not good for my heart. This heartbreak. It's not good for my heart. I need you permanently with me. You mess up. They here. They mess up. But that's how your child will mess up, and you will discipline your child. But you will not kill your child. You will not tell him no, uh, no, no. Well, some people they do ammo, no food. Uh. <laughs> Aspirants.com. But you will not say leave my house. Doesn't matter. Telling my eight-year-old leave my house. You say eh? <laughs> you will not say leave my house. You will not say from this day because you did not greet me good morning this morning. You cease to be my son. God is saying, see, no matter what you do, no matter the mess up, no matter the good or the bad, you're right here beside me all. You're not going anywhere. You don't have to be disgusting in my eyesight. You don't have to be dirty looking in my eyesight anymore. Because, see, God cannot behold sin. So before then, it's not like, the, it's not like God did not want the Israelites and the people of God to be with him. It's like it, could, it, it couldn't happen. It just couldn't happen because you can't, in the state you have come to me, I will burn you. But what Jesus came to do is remedy that issue. So you are seated in high places with Jesus. So when God is trying to look at his beloved son, you are right beside him. And you know when you see somebody too much, you know how you don't like the person? I'll tell you why, you said it's fine, no, it's not that bad, though. <laughs> I, I've seen people in relationships now. First, ah, I've heard some of us come, ah, Mark, ah, this guy, no try. No, no fine at all. No fine. Ah, ah me, ah, me, me, me. End up with this person. No, 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 no. So, three months, the guy is spoiling, the guy is taking care, the guy is praying for you, sending scriptures, everything. No, taking care of you, dropping your house from Ogun State to Lagos. How far this guy now? Ah, what, ah, why are you posting this guy? Hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. He's trying. He's trying. <laughs> when God looks at his beloved, he sees you. Because you are seated in high heavenly places with him. On high. Far above the principalities of the earth. Far above angels. Christmas was the best gift to mankind from God. You know how um, if, for instance, you are going to, maybe you are going somewhere cold, that is going to be cold, and you tell your child, pack a jacket, or you pack a jacket for your child, because child, I know it's hot, now it's hot. Mm, I know. Take the jacket, because you will need it. Jesus, and God knew 
had always known that we will need Jesus. So, indeed, God is faithful. Too faithful to fail. Too faithful to disappoint. God cannot go back against his word because he is God. By nature, God cannot lie. So Christmas tells me that everything God has said about me will come to pass. Because as we said earlier, you know that uh, if God was man, a man was God. Honestly, at some point I reconsider that plan. Because the risk of Jesus, God being in man, the risk, because the idea was Jesus was supposed to be a sacrifice without blemish. So it means that if Jesus mistakenly said, he said, ah, what's the color of this stage? It's green. That's lying, Abby. The end. <laughs> Do you understand the risk? Jesus had to be without sin. Some people say, uh, ah, maybe, um, Jesus, why Jesus stay only 30? 30, 30 why, why, why didn't he live to his 40s, to his 60s? He would have, my, if he's a triumph, live one day without, or two days, or one week without thinking of something that I know, or what we are seeing, think of something that he's seeing for, say something, or maybe just reacting in unrighteous anger. <coughs> it was a, so, much of, so much of a risk, but both God and Jesus were willing to take that risk for you. Christmas is special, but you are the reason for Christmas. So I need us to appreciate, like, when, when we think of Christmas, when we think of the birth of Jesus and everything that it represents, I just appreciate it a bit more. You see, the turn up, you plan to turn up tomorrow. Turn up. Because it's worth celebrating. You understand? Don't say, oh, no, Christmas, I don't like. Celebrate. Celebrate. Because it's a thing of joy. You know how God does something good? I mean, I'm so, how many of us have had testimonies this year of something good, you know, something great that God did? Like, no, there's the, I woke up and I, I went to bed. But there's that one that, ah, like, ah, oh my God, thank you. You know, sometimes you just sit down and just think about, ah, man, God, thank you. That's what Christmas is. It's Christmas is even bigger than any of those things. Because because of Christmas, that you can have a testimony to say, God, thank you for these little, smaller little things. So see, celebrate Christmas with the consciousness of what Christmas represents. It's not happy Xmas. X fire you there. Happy Xmas. It's not about Santa Claus or Father Christmas or any other thing. Celebrating the gift of Jesus for me. So as we wrap up now, we are going to celebrate Jesus in our own way. I want us to lift our hands. Can we be on our feet? And I want to just say, God, thank you. God, I thank you. You didn't have to, but you chose to. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Salvation. 
Because of that gift, I'm whole. Because of that gift, I have hope. Because of that gift, I'm not condemned. Because of that gift, I'm righteous before you. Before, because of that gift, I'm reconciled to you. And nothing, nothing, nothing can keep me away from your love. Absolutely nothing can keep me away from you. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. For finding us worthy to send your son to die on the cross for me. You were that thoughtful. You were that deliberate. You were that conscious. You were that knowledgeable. And you sent what I would need before I knew I would need it. Before we continue, before we wrap up now, I want to give an opportunity for someone who doesn't know Jesus here. Or who, if you've not had this understanding of Jesus and you've never been giving your life to Christ before, this is the perfect opportunity. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you want to receive Jesus as Lord and personal Savior, can you put your hand up wherever you are? 